come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I am your polter guide, Kinsey. I'm your polter guide, Debbie. I'm your polter guide, Donna. I'm your polter guide, Adrian. I wouldn't hurt a fly. <laughs> Ooh, that was good. Mother. No. Uh, what was the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm your polter god, Mac. <laughs> and this week we watched the Alfred Hitchcock classic, Psycho, from 1960. And for those of you who don't know what it's about... Do we want to do non-spoiler initial reaction, quick take? I mean, the movie's kind of spoiled to death right yeah, now. I was yeah. going to say, I feel like I we don't need... If you haven't seen Psycho by now... You know the ending anyway. Yeah. 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 I, a, it's it's but, part of our culture. Before I ever watched Psycho, I knew the ending. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. Then we're good. But no, this movie is about... This is the tale of what happens when you get addicted to having an extended lunch hour. <laughs> A.K.A. S&S, which is sex in a sandwich. <laughs> These are a few of my favorite yes. things. Oh my gosh. Okay, S&S. All right. All right, Debbie. You're really fighting, not helping with me, not giggling right now. Uh, IMDb is... is S&M just sex and munchies or something? Could be. Yes, that is is what it is. Good. Thank God. (laughs) I was really worried. (laughs) Well, I think IMDb is going to disagree with you on... And they are a den of lies. Hashtag den of lies. (laughs) Hey, they at least have the correct poster for the movie, right? So you know what? (laughs) they They get this one. But do they have a picture of Marilyn Monroe in place of uh, Janet Lee? No, this actually says Psycho under it. Now, I haven't looked at okay. at, at uh, Janet Lee's uh, IMDb picture. I'm checking. I did. You go. Okay. It's good? Yeah, it's, it's okay. her a little older, but yeah, it's yeah. good. All right. Well, a Phoenix secretary embezzles $40,000 from her employer's client, goes on the run, and checks into a remote motel run by a young man under the domination of his mother. And you know, I know technically it was embezzling, but she stuck some cash in her purse and ran away. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a, a brilliant heist. No, it, there was you know. no great scheme of rounding up and putting it into her account or something. It was just okay. Back on the topic of IMDb lies, Anthony Perkins' picture is Vince Vaughn. Are you what? Are you no? Sh- oh. you, for a moment, you all believe me, and that yeah. is why IMDb is a den of lies. <laughs> I was going to flip the table. I was, I was very angry. It's like, what? You believed it for a moment, and that is why we have to tear them down. I believed it until I leaned over and you yeah. angled your phone like, away. <laughs> the hell it is. No, no, believe me. I was about ready to grab mine and be like, what? Because I'm on that page. We Sorry, we were, we were on to a different subject there. But fu- funny funny story plan. in the uh, Adrian is fucked up. I didn't care much about Vince Vaughn until he was in the remake of Psycho, which was for the most part not awesome, but I was like, wow, he's hot. The remake <laughs> of Psycho hot? is great because Hitchcock made that made it that way originally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah. I was what was even the point of the remake? I, a None. shot for shot remake, what was the point? None I, point. I think it was to Just, make me realize that Vince Vaughn is hot. Okay. I, well, I think that's the the yes. second point. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna concur with that, but I think that was point two. Point one was Gus Van Sant pro- just won his Oscars. Hey, what would you like to do 
make a shot by shot remake of Psycho. Done. Here's all the monies. This is my chance. But, to it, get all I, the I view that conversation as okay, guys. What do you want to do next? A shot for shot remake of Psycho. Really? Uh, okay. I mean, I guess. You don't want to make this yeah. to my own private Idaho too. You don't want to do that. <laughs> you, you don't want to make I don't know anything else. <laughs> nope. They finished that movie. It's out. You can watch it now. Nope. This is what I want. <laughs> Like, there, there are some times when I'm like, a shot for, like, like Aerosmith's cover of um, Come Together is essentially note for note the same as the Beatles' Come Together. But the sound quality is better because it was recorded later. So there are times when I'm like, okay, I can see why you might want to do that. Right, and there's a variation in style, there, there's yeah. a different performance in there. But, but this movie, yeah. I'm okay, like, Van Halen's Girl, never mind, it's not relevant to what we're talking about. <laughs> if you're talking about things that were identical and I was getting ready to talk about something that wasn't identical no like it is relevant because I like Girl I like Van Halen's Girl and I like the original Girl yeah no I think that there are remakes that are really good but in this case it's like they didn't even really try do much update like there wasn't this was in 98 right I'm like, well, like here, yeah. have somebody so and just colorize Psycho. Yeah. Oh, God, no, 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 no. Remake it if you're going to do it. Don't colorize that <laughs> beautiful black and white behemoth. Um, Bite your you tongue, think... Donna. I will fight you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is like the most passionate yeah. I have ever heard you on anything. Yeah. Like, do you think he pitched it as a re- shot-for-shot remake? Or was Probably like, not. I want to retell Psycho. And they're like, yeah, let's modernize it, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, kidding, I'm just going to do shot-for-shot. But, you know, I feel like the problem is, is that in 98, there weren't enough changes technologically to make a retelling or, like, a modernization of Psycho About all you could, that different. Yeah, like, the, the sensors were a little more lax, so you see a little more of Anne Heche than you did of... Gently, it's clear Vince Vaughn is jerking it when he's watching her. Yeah, the, yeah. The people, and that's about all the commentary Gus Van Sant has on the movie. It's like tits and dicks is about all they all he had to say. <laughs> I think that maybe the remake follows the book a little bit more closely in that regard. Sure, in yeah. Like in that in in the um, well, vulgarity and right. the, the, really the graphic. That, then Anne Hayes gets her head cut off. Yeah, because. In the book. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. So. Um, but at the same time, it's like, well, that wasn't really wasn't really needed, I don't think. Do I, I, to... I, I like the way in the movie how they do kind of keep it under wraps. Because yeah. in the book, you know immediately, oh, Norman has made this hole and he is jerking watching off. That. Yeah, he is watching yeah. and he is jerking off. And you're like, that's dodgy. And in this, you see the hole... And then it doesn't really show anything beyond that. Just shows him watching. I had a thought. Because we had a pre-discussion where we mentioned nice guys. And it occurs to me that a remake of Psycho that emphasized the nice guy aspect. And Bates Motel kind of explores some of that same territory. Yeah. All it right. does. I had. I didn't get all the way through Bates Motel. Like I was like, <laughs> I like the idea of what's happening here, but there's not anything particularly in I, the show that's. I heard it got pretty good at the end, and I want to give it another shot. Okay. So we got. I think we like one season left. Like we were yeah. up to a point, and then we just. Where they finally get. Yeah. Marion Crane. Yeah, but we just. Who plays Marion Crane in, in, in Bates Motel? I don't know. Like we didn't get to that point. <laughs> but it, it, it's. It's an African American lady, and I can't. Ooh. Yeah, that's. That, I heard that. And I was like, "That's interesting. That changes that whole cop dynamic." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it does. Yeah. 
I still think that a, a remake now would be interesting. I would like to see how you would do Psycho with cell phones. Sure. And and like the inability to just put forty thousand dollars in your purse and walk away with nobody yeah. noticing. Do we <laughs> do we need to do a did you like it or is it just assumed? Oh, we can do it. Did anyone not like it? Speak now, and I will fight you again. <laughs> it was a lot longer than I remembered it being. There are stretches of it that are so tuned to the idea that movies aren't supposed to last. Like, this was people coming into the movie theater, because, like, the sequence of him cleaning up after he kills Marion is so long and so protracted, and almost nothing happens in it. Yeah. But then you think, in the context of seeing the movie and not being aware of what's going to happen in this... That death is so shocking that you need five minutes just to cool down yeah, to really keep going. Point. Yeah, yeah. But um, 50, 60 years later, you're just like, okay, okay. Yeah, finish mopping up. up. Yeah, there's really Let's not that much blood. Let's yeah, go. Come yeah. on, buddy. Um, I mean, of course I loved it. I mean, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. It's an award-winning movie. Everyone in it was great. It's Hitchcock. Uh, the only thing that even resembles a negative, I would say, is that for a modern audience, the pacing was... Much like you were just mm-hmm. saying, the pacing is a little off for a modern audience. Should we touch on the fact that Hitchcock is a problematic dude? I mean, I think it's kind of known. Yeah. I mean, we might mention it, you know. But... I mean, we just did. He, he is yeah. not woke. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no. Not woke. Yeah. Not AF. Not woke. even trying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. His his treatment of Tippi Hedren in right. uh, The Birds, Birds. Virgers on Forger. His treatment of almost any blonde woman he ever met is... I mean, isn't the way that he got uh, Janet Lee to scream in the shower to, like, douse her with freezing water? Well, no. That's been the urban legend. And I was watching some of the special features on, on the Blu-ray, and uh, Janet Lee was giving an interview, and she said, that's not true. That's not, oh, okay. that's not at all true. I just had to do it. Um, in fact, he was so concerned about comfort with the water that often... Uh, takes would be ruined because the lens would get steamed up because the, the water was too hot. That's hilarious. I just, I get, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that was yeah. not true. I get very annoyed with actors, with directors in general who do horrible things to their actors. And I'm like, you just hired a professional yeah. actor. Why don't you just ask them to do something? Yeah. Act, and get ask there. them to act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Instead of and torturing them. The shower sequence, gently shot on the movie for three weeks. One solid week was just the shower. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So they spent a lot of time on that. And yeah, very pruny. Heavily storyboarded and very designed, and they took their time. And well, it's all a, that. it's a, I mean, that, that sequence is taught in film school. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, the bit with the shower curtain. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a beautifully done scene. I was actually, I, I made Good. notes on, on moments in that scene, like, the way that they shoot from above, and you see like the knife in focus, and you can see all of Janet Lee's presumably naked body, but moleskin. She was wearing moleskin. Really? Yep. Um, I learned a lot yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you don't. But they've got it blurred, so it looks to be her naked body. And it's so quick that if you're yeah, unless you're really unpacking it and analyzing it. You don't realize that you're not really seeing anything that would upset the censors for. Mm-hmm. for like I definitely that. did that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so have film frame. students for the last sixty years. The really interesting shot is the last one where she's dead, and you kind of pan out from her uh, her face, her dead face, mm-hmm. 
and there's no trickery there. It's not like a still frame that they composited out. She's literally just up against the floor, trying not to breathe with her eyes wide open the whole time. Wow. I am. With the water still going, with the steam, with a hundred guys looking at her with her ass in the air. I am really yeah. glad they went with the open eye because so many times, when you die, your eyes don't close. Okay, it requires muscle tension for your eyes to close. Don't they have to put like um, things Stitches. in your eyes? Not, I thought it was like a, some sort of like plastic. Do we do? You just put your hand over the person's face. <laughs> yeah, and then the they eyes just close. close. Yeah. Um, no, you have to do something to get the eyes to stay closed. So I was really pleased that they did go with an open eye. Uh, which was much more realistic. However, her pupil was really constricted, yeah. which is also not a thing that happens when you die. Your pupils Did they have dilation drops like back in the day? Or? Well, I mean, they, they did, did, but that would have been a little, that would have been more Hitchcock doing terrible things to someone yeah. to get a reaction. And they were originally going to do contact lenses, but contact lenses weren't quite yeah. perfected then, where she would have to wear them for a long time just to get used to them. Otherwise, she'd be in there dead, just like, oh yeah, my eyes are fine, but... God, my eyes. My eyes. <laughs> I really liked the shot of, because right before it started painting out from her eye, it was following the blood down the swirling drain. Uh-huh. And then when it well, cuts to syrup. her eye. Chocolate syrup. Chocolate syrup. Yeah. Then when it cuts to her eye, the camera is swirling. So oh, yeah. it kind of does that whole, mm-hmm. you know, just a smooth it's, transition. I really liked it. And, and the uh, the other urban legend on that is that Hitchcock didn't actually direct the sequence that uh, the title designer, Saul Bass, did. But he did storyboard. He did all the storyboards where he's like, you need this shot, you need this shot, you need this shot, and then Hitchcock took it from there. So, a lot of a lot of cooks in that. And that's a well. Isn't also the urban legend is that it's not Tony Perkins as mother. It is not killing her. He was never there for the shower scene. Oh, interesting. Yep. Really. Yep. Why? It, scheduling thing. I mean, it was huh. a well, solid also, week out of schedule. And, you never yeah. got a good look at her, so it did not need to be not until no. not until the fruit seller. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. very specifically. So, I have a couple of, like beginning notes that just kind of made me laugh while we were watching this. My first one was, uh, you know, he's talking about flying to Phoenix to see her. This is flying in the '60s when it was an event, so that shit ain't cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a big deal to you, fly somewhere. Yeah, and then I mean, I I saw where he worked. It's like how long, how long are you saving up? And he's super in debt. Yeah. That's yeah. the whole crux of the plot. Yeah. It's like, how are you saving up for these little uh, little hour rendezvous here? He... Can I talk about the book for a second? Mm-hmm. In the book, he doesn't have an ex-wife. He's paying off his store. Mm-hmm. And I wondered why that was a thing they added in the movie. I because have it a just kind of makes him feel more like a dirtbag. I think... That may be part of it. I feel like they're trying to establish... That she is not a good moral character, and her meeting him in a hotel room to sleep with him, um, I don't know, I just felt like the whole thing was supposed to make us think that she was a bad girl. But, she's wearing white bra and slip. She hasn't become a bad girl yet, until that black bra and black slip come out. (laughs) And, they have sex... All Pig I, has all, opinions about this. Pig all I saw <laughs> was lying around in underwear and uneaten sandwiches. I don't think they had sex at all. That is, that's just, <laughs> all, that's on top of the clothes action yeah. right there. That's, you know. Like Heavy petting and a wrapped sandwich. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing silently. The mic is not picking up my soundless laughter. Um, is that the parentheses title of this episode? Yes. Beyond heavy petting and a rap sandwich. 
I did really love that opening shot where mm-hmm. they stand way back and then slowly zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, and then go through the, the window. Uh, it was a very Citizen Kane-esque yes. opening. I don't know if that was a deliberate homage or... Um, it's just Hitchcock being Hitchcock. Yeah, but it was it was beautiful. Um, I did keep thinking, okay, all right, this is Phoenix, cool. Okay, it's a Friday in December, awesome. Okay, 2.43 p.m. Do I really need to know it's 2.43 p.m.? I he's, wondered about all of that. He's slow rolling you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about, though, that there was no AC in parts of that office in Phoenix? It is Phoenix. In December. But it's still Phoenix, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just loved the, there's air conditioning in my office. Let's go in and close the door. Yeah. Like, bastard. The 60s were awful. Yes. Not that I was there. The, you, you, you've heard. Yeah. I I heard that one of that that the rise of the movie theaters was actually mm-hmm. air conditioning. Yeah, I've heard because, that too. Because suddenly it wasn't just come sit in a dark room; it was come sit in a cool dark room in the middle of summer, and that's why we have summer blockbusters. Yep. Hmm. Um, it's like one of the shots in Back to the Future when he's walking around in the uh, courthouse and he goes by the theater that's playing one of the Ronald, the Reagan movies, and the big sign is air conditioned. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. Um, so, can we talk about all the dudes? All the dudes. Yes, that's that. Every dude. Very fine looking man she's breaking up with. Oh, is this sexy dudes or. Just dudes. Jerk dudes. I was going to talk about them being jerks, but by all means, Donna, go on. (laughs) Yeah. John Gavin? John Gavin. John Gavin. That is a very nice looking man. Or Juan Gavin Endes. And now, see, you just spoiled my joke. Oh, sorry. Damn it. (laughs) We can go back. You want to do it now? No, because the joke was for Adrian's benefit. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. He's your type. Yeah, I was sitting there going, oh my god, he is hot. And then I went and looked him up, and yeah, his name is, his real name is Juan Vincente Apablasa Jr. Apablasa. And I was like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yours. <laughs> he only died in February. He's, he, he yeah. Yeah. He's, he didn't, he's we didn't work a lot in the last, of course he was 86 when he died. Yeah. Yeah, I career. looked him up. What? <laughs> He was the ambassador to Mexico no in the 80s. Donna. No, no judgment, Donna. And, did he have, uh, like, did he have a Sean Connery thing going on where he was still hot as an old man? Well, let's find out. <laughs> Keep and talking. Uh, Tony Perkins, super nice looking. I Tony forgot. Curtis. No, no Tony, 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 Tony Perkins. Tony Perkins. Tony, not Tony Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tony Curtis and Janet Leigh in that movie is a different dimension because... <laughs> I'm sorry. Then yeah. they had a kid and Tony. she became Laurie Strode. Yeah, no, I my note about Donna's type was 1960s Tony Perkins is Donna's type. Those those big eye those long eyelashes and big brown eyes. Yeah. I'm not sure that 1960s Tony Perkins was not anyone's type. That is a fair point because I saw that I'm like I forgot how because Donna I at and his I teeth a lot. Like I like the shape of his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was just a very attractive dude. Yeah, uh, which in the book <laughs> he was not. Mm-hmm. Here he is in 1985. I'd do him. I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got all his hair, so yeah. He's ambassador to me. He's got all his hair. <laughs> he's a very nice looking dude. Yeah. He's a little bit George Clooney. Yeah. But yeah. I can see that. But while while we're... I, I feel it should be mentioned that Janet Lee, Gorgeous. Very, oh my very, God. Pretty, very pretty. Very pretty. Damn, her eyebrows are on 
fucking right? point. Yeah, they never, never were off point. Yes. Never oh, off point. That eye close up. I actually took a minute going, damn, look at her eyebrows. <laughs> they were so good. Like, <sighs> God. And like, you know what I love about Janet Lee is that I hated her haircut. Her yeah. haircut was fucking awful. And I was still like, Jesus Christ, she's beautiful. Yeah. Same, same. The haircut was awful. I don't know what was going on with that haircut, but but like I could not even see her hair. I was very glad when she got it well, wet. Yes. Yeah, it, it, was, it was so short because it was long that shower sequence would be all over the place. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because like even in the shower, her eyebrows were amazing. Right. Yeah. Vera Miles has longer hair, but she doesn't need to be stabbed in the shower. Right. Yeah. But it's quaffed and like never moves. It's it's sort of a, never I, moves. Yeah, yeah, never. Do you think Sam and Lila ended up together? Yes, they did. Yes. Have you seen Psycho 2? No. Okay. It's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> I started, it's, it's actually the, the, the yeah. book goes on. It's not just one book. Uh-huh. I started reading Psycho 2, but I felt like it went a little bit off the rails for me. And then I decided to read Pet Cemetery instead. Psycho 2, the movie's unrelated to Psycho 2, the book. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Because I've, I've heard things like about... Like Jurassic Park and Jurassic... Lost World and Lost, Lost World. World are not related, yeah. Um... Yes, they did end up together, and they had a kid, and um, but then uh, Lila didn't wasn't really able to let things go. Mm-hmm. So when uh, Norman's released from the asylum back to the motel, he keeps thinking he's seeing mother, but Vera Miles has been like orchestrating all this to make him go back over the edge. Yeah. Twisted. She, she, yeah, she's the bad guy in, in Psycho too. Wow. See, the, and the movie kind of touches on that. Psycho 2 does, the making yeah. her... I mean, there's a whole crazy yeah. train thing that they do later on in it, but it touches on that yeah. with... No, but Psycho 3 has one of my favorites. I can't... I'm, uh, no, I will yeah, tell you... Right, it, I've never seen Psycho 3. Oh, like, it's horrible. It's, I, saw, it's, I saw Psycho 2 and I was like, well, if you had to make a sequel to Psycho, there it is. It's hot garbage. Yeah. I will tell you right now, but it has one of my favorite, like... Will they are, are kind of will this happen? Won't it happen? Moments is that Norman has just killed somebody and stuck them into the ice machine, and the uh-huh. sheriff comes yeah. and and is talking to him about oh this person's disappeared and you see like ice cubes with blood on it and the sheriff keeps reaching his hand in to get some ice and put it in his mouth and just watching Norman's yeah. face and would like is the sheriff going to grab it? Is it going to happen? It's one of my like interesting favorite just like cringy like is that the one that anthony perkins actually directed i think he directed Mm, one of them he directed four i want to say with henry thomas i want to say he directed four i don't know i'm looking into that all right you you look into that sorry we were going to talk about horrible men yes let's let's, and then i derailed it into gorgeous men yeah Uh, sometimes they're the same so in the book he's not paying alimony and I thought that was a, like, and I get that maybe they're trying to say that she's not of good moral character, but I feel like I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I like, agree. I, I that's that, some Hitchcock going in there. Yeah, that, that makes me upset. Um, and then that the rich guy with the forty thousand dollars is like grade A fucking douchebag. Awful! Oh like, my god! I, and I feel like he thought he was being charming. Yeah. He could not have possibly been worse unless he literally like raped her on the desk right there. Right. <coughs> not maybe he could have groped her. That would have been worse but too. But he was but... drunk. 
Yeah, I'm not offering. Hopefully, the octave of that was not a serious defense. Yes. That's like I'm not meaning it as as that. Her boss was cool, but then her coworker says something like pulls out that bottle of pills. Yeah. And she's like, "Is that aspirin?" And she goes, "No, my mom gave this to me on my wedding night. It's tranquilizers." And then she laughs and says, "My husband was so angry when he found out I'd taken them." And I was like, "What? <laughs> what is happening here? Is the implication here that she took tranquilizers to sleep through the wedding night sex?" That's how I took that. And maybe not sleep through, but be sufficiently drugged where consent would be an issue. Well, questionable consent. Yes. <laughs> Highly questionable consent. Pro- problematic. Yes. Problematic. I. At best. That's being nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I just, I literally lack the words to explain the way that I feel about this because I am just so goddamn shocked that this was casual office conversation. That actress is Hitchcock's daughter. Oh. Hitchcock gave those lines to his motherfucking daughter? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's like on the same level as Steven Tyler having his daughter take her shirt off over and over again in all of his music videos. That's 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 the league that we're talking about here. Yeah. No, no, Hitchcock's not a, a, a good guy. <laughs> oh, Christ. Yeah, I... Sometimes I, you just gotta separate... The artist from the art. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes you shouldn't. I agree. Yes. I'm looking in your direction, Mr. Woody Allen. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking Roman Polanski. That, that too. Is also true. Yeah. Also, the guy whose name escapes me right now, but he did Jeepers Creepers. Yes. That yeah, I, yeah, fuck that guy. Victor Salvo. Yes. That's it. Thank you. Jay Asher. Jay Asher. Fuck him. Fuck him. No. Okay, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> the list of <laughs> people who can fuck the right fuck off. We uh, <laughs> this is our. We list don't of have this man. kind of time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I I agree with you. I thought the way the men, even even her boyfriend, was very how they treated Marion was very mm-hmm. problematic. Yeah. It was extremely problematic, and I, and I hate to say this, and I don't know what this says about me, but when Norman shows up, and he is, he's extremely charming. He's a little awkward. But, but he, he's benign. He yeah. presents as benign. That gets into our He's, our yeah, rule. he's yeah. awkward in a cute boyish yeah. yeah. And non-threatening. And, non-threatening. And it makes yeah. sense why she would like, you know what, yeah, I'll, I'll go have a sandwich with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. You Thank seem you. nice. Yeah. Yeah. And in the book it very very well establishes that she kind of feels sorry for him. Right. And Norman is a different creature in the book. He's very different in the book. Like, I would yeah. say these are two very different takes on the character. The image of him in the book is almost George Costanzo-ish. Yeah, if yeah. he looked like he was described in the book, I don't think this movie would have worked as well. Mm-mm. Because she'd have been like, oh, no, you're... Like, he would have... This is a weird thing that I'm about to say, and I just want to apologize. If he looked the way he's described in the book, he would have come off as creepy. Yeah. Because that would no, it would have made him feel it would have made him seem desperate. Because because Norman being likable was a very important part Absolutely. of this working. Also, yeah. and the sort of economy is not the right word. The, the alchemy of, of movies versus books. You can have sort of a dumpy looking guy, and you're not necessarily confronted with how that's working as a moment in a book. Whereas in a movie, you kind of have to have a movie star. Mm-hmm. And there are not any movie stars that look like Dumpy McDumpkins, well, especially not then. Right. 
Like yeah. nowadays, you could cast. There's a ton of people you could cast, but That's back true. then, there's not. Right, but it would have a different energy. Yeah, it would yeah. have a very different energy. I, you know, I think maybe that's something that they missed out on in the remake is they could have, they oh, could maybe. have gone with that because mm-hmm. in the in '98 we had we had plenty of people that could, could have, play that role. Gandolfini could have done, it, although he's a little too threatening. I think out up front. Yeah, I was gonna like. I, you know, I think that's yeah. the main problem with Vince Vaughn though is that from the moment Vince Vaughn is on screen, I'm like, you motherfucker, are, something. Yeah. Yeah. are not on the up and up. Yeah. Well, well, and that that was the interesting thing. I, I, I actually came up with a party game at one point based off the Psycho 98 thing, like recasting other movies depending on different time periods. Because the idea came from, if they remade Psycho in the 80s, you know who'd be the most excellent uh, Norman Bates? Who? Michael Keaton. Yes. Yes. Like 1987, the shot-for-shot remake of Psycho with Michael Keaton as Norman Bates. How do you feel about that, Mike Kinsey? Um, did, I, a, did I did I I'm blow little, your mind? I'm a little bit vapor right now. <laughs> did I blow your mind? You did blow my mind. Meg Ryan is Marion Crane. Yeah. Wait, wait, who's Marion Crane? Who'd you say Marion? Meg Ryan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I'm still on the Michael Keaton bit. My, my memory warehouse is is just right. Is going all over the place. I right blew now. your mind. And then you can do Michelle it. Pfeiffer as Lila. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh wow, perfect. Yeah. How were they never cast as sisters? I don't know. I'm really angry about that now. Yeah. There's still time. They're still around. Meg Ryan. Michelle Pfeiffer. Get your shit together. Yeah. Be sisters. Get on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, anyway. All right. I'm, I'm back now. That, okay. was a, that was a tangent. We can play that game later. <laughs> um, can, right. can, we, can we talk briefly about how bad Marion is at crime? <laughs> oh, God. Again. <laughs> she, it is her first time. It's so cute. She is a, she is a crime virgin. <laughs> She, like, that cop stops her, and literally the first thing out of her mouth is, does it seem like something is the matter? And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Honey, just, you're you're blonde and you're pretty. Just smile at him. Yeah. <laughs> but she's had enough of smiling at people. She had to smile at Drunky McDrunkerson. Yeah, that's true. And, and, but, like, when she's driving along the car and she's playing that internal monologue in her head and she starts smiling, like... Oh, she knows what she's yeah, doing. She doesn't know, she doesn't know what she's doing, but yeah. she's very pleased with what she's yeah. done. Yeah. I, I loved those internal monologues. Yeah. They I made did, her so relatable. Yeah. I did too because I love that that showcase of just just it's perfectly showcasing that social anxiety mm-hmm. that we all do that we're in the car driving and whatever like any interaction and like oh they're probably thinking this they're probably thinking that and it's just it's so perfectly captured mm-hmm. uh, and I love that. It was yeah. Yeah, I, I was, like, a little confused, again, because they, they make her so likable, to me anyway. I was just like, I just love her. And then when when she, when they were doing that sequence, and I was like, she is smirking. And yeah. I was like, I don't know how I feel now. I, know, I, I was, know how I I was like, go get your 40 grand, lady. <laughs> you <laughs> but, earned it. <laughs> but, yeah, she, t- she takes a cop who is not suspicious of her and turns him into, I'm going to follow you around and watch you. I think that's totally and a cop is all... Is, as bad as she is at crime, that cop is way worse at being a cop. Because <laughs> she did pretty much say, hey, I have committed a crime. Um, and, and, and he's just standing there in the parking lot of the uh, the, the used car shop yeah. or uh, dealership. Well, yeah. and then the used car salesman, she managed to get a used car salesman to be reluctant to make a sale. <laughs> that's, that's how suspicious she was. That's yeah, hilarious. I didn't think about that. He actually said to her, "This is the first. This has got to be a first. I've never heard of a customer strong arming a salesman." Yeah. yeah, and I was like, 
You gotta, you, you, you have got to get your shit together and calm down, lady. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Well, and I didn't, I, I couldn't understand, like, so she sees the cop as she is making this transaction. I thought she was ditching her car to get a new car to get away from the cop so that if he came upon her again, he wouldn't rec- or realize it was her because she'd be in a different car. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, so then why did she just make that trans- whole transaction in front of the cop? Like, she knows he's there. Yeah. You know, unless it was just to spend, start spending the money, you know, I don't, what do you think? No, I think she was trying to be sneaky. She's just, but then you get caught. Really bad at it. Like, I don't know. I guess the problem is, is then at that point, why did you stop at a used car dealership? Because the cop at this point knows that she's going from point A to point B and she had to stop and sleep. So there is no feasible reason for her to be at a used car dealership. Right. And, and, and he gets that, but he only just comes out of the car and he's like, hey, wait, oh, n- never mind. Matt, it was the 60s and she was white. Well, it's now and she was white, but that's yeah. a podcast <laughs> for a different day. So, like, he followed her for that long. Yeah, yeah. He, had, he had enough probable cause and he was suspicious of her. It wasn't just, oh, what is this? It's like, this lady's up to something. Oh, well, okay, have a nice trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, d- there... And then he doesn't even go anywhere after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah the cop's yeah. gone. Yeah, the end. Yeah. By the way, I looked that actor up because he looked really familiar to me. And under the, you know, what was this actor known for? It lists Psycho. So that right. was the highlight of his career, he, he was playing looked, that cop. He in. looks like the actor who plays uh, Dexter's father. Oh, James Remar. Yes, he has a similar... Because every time I see him, I'm like, is that James Remar? Like, it couldn't be James Remar. He'd be a, a vampire. Wait, yeah. <laughs> isn't James Remar, though, doesn't he play the cop in the he remake? He may, and that's about the best casting oh. they had going on. Oh. Speaking of recasting, uh, Rihanna plays Marion Crane in Bates Motel. Oh. oh what? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Can I have a little tangent about Rihanna? I think she's a terrible actress, but I don't even care. <laughs> like, it's not even that she's pretty, which she is definitely pretty, yeah. but she's so, she seems so goddamn nice all the time. Anytime she's doing anything, she seems so nice that I'm like, you do you, baby. You just do whatever you want to do. I've, I've got your back. I support you, sweetheart. Like, yeah. I, yeah, like, just, I just enjoy her presence. That's it. Then we okay. need to watch Bates Motel. Yeah. Maybe. I share your hesitation. Because the first thing you're like, eh, it's okay. And then A&E was all like, we're going to double down on Dark Dynasty. I'm like, well, then I'm out for all your shows. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so to, in today, in 2018, the $40,000 Marion took uh, equals, I'm sorry, thank you, Debbie, equals $338,575. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's rich daddy buying a house money. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Man, that's insane is anybody else blown away by the rate of inflation yeah no because I'm that's another podcast too Debbie's <laughs> <laughs> like yes the math that would be up. a ton of money to be carrying around in cash <laughs> it would be <laughs> like $40,000 I was like I mean I've never even seen $40,000 but eh I guess I mean like that's like an hour for Bill Gates or something right so whatever um, he's burning through money now he's not making any more money <laughs> um but like $338,575. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, that's my house times three. 
I recently had $500 in cash that I carried around with me for about three hours, and I was nervous as fuck the entire time. Dude, I have $100, and I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. So, so walking around with either 40000 or 300 blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, it's... I, I would. I would be as bad as she was, most likely. No, nothing's wrong. Why does what? it look like something's wrong? I can't even imagine like why you would have that much cash. <laughs> like, like I don't. I mean, I guess part of it is just the t- difference in the time period. Like checks mm-hmm. and all that is weirder then. So yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's yeah, it's weird for that guy. I guess he was just walking in and expecting to make that transaction mm-hmm. that day. So you know, just. Here it is. Um, so she says you can't buy off unhappiness with pills <laughs> right before she leaves. Did she just confess? Did she just tell her coworker exactly what she was going to do? Well, I didn't take it as that it was a confession. I think she was more being snarky to her coworker because you could tell they got on each other's nerves. Mm-hmm. Like, you could tell that's like... It, I, I got the sense that that uh, it was, Princess uh, Hitchcock got on Marion Crane's nerves. That's what I meant. That's but that what, Princess Hitchcock was in so, in her, so in her own world that she was incapable of having people get on her nerves. Okay, I, I'll, I'll go with you on that. And that, that makes... Oh, that I, makes know, I know people. I, I did <laughs> love the following scene when she was packing and she kept looking at the money. And she was doing such a good job with that because you could, you could almost... See her thinking, I should take that to the oh, bank. Oh, there's so many great... I should take that to the Non-dialogue-based acting in yeah. this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Even to yeah. sort of questionable ends, but it's like, I know exactly what everybody's thinking in this movie at mm-hmm. any given time. Yeah. I just, I loved that scene. Total total lack of dialogue, and yet you could almost hear her thinking. It was well done. I would um, like to talk about birds for a moment, unless you have something that was maybe related to this topic that we were just talking about. No. Um, I really liked what they did with the birds, with the tech, the stuffed birds. Mm-hmm. Um, that be- raven? Yeah. There, well, it was, it was a crow. There was a crow, an owl, and a pheasant. And so I was looking up, I was like, well, what a, what's the deal with these birds, you know? And uh, so I was looking up just bird, you know, symbology, sim symbolism and like crows represent masters of illusions and owls are harbingers of death pheasants uh, I guess in some cultures or something they can you know show wickedness wickedness and secrecy and I was just like wow that's really I like what they did there with that that's awesome yeah also like even further um, an owl and a crow are birds of prey Mm -hmm. Uh, a pheasant is well a pheasant is, um, I guess, a bird that is preyed upon. Yeah. Um, and so you have the crow and the owl. I was like, well, that's Norman Bates and his mother. And the pheasant is, what's her name? Marion. Mm-hmm. But then even further, I found out that crows and owls are natural enemies. And so like, I was like, well, that just represents like the internal battle and struggle between Norman and his mother. And then I was just like, oh, my God, the birds. <laughs> just, just the other <laughs> and day. And then the next movie was all about birds. Right? Just the other day, I stepped outside and watched about half a dozen crows chasing off a hawk. Mm-hmm. And God, I wished I'd brought my phone with me because mm-hmm. it went on for a while. That hawk was pretty determined to get where it wanted to go. And it finally just gave up and like, oh, fuck this! Yeah. <laughs> and flew away. When I was looking up the crows and owls thing, I was, I don't know what, I was just like, well, what's the relationship with a crow and an owl? And so I just looked that up and actually before it even mentioned the owls, it showed a video of crows going after a hawk. 
I guess for similar reasons. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I just thought that was very interesting. Yeah. If I remember right, the book really leans heavily into the taxidermy. There are like long, florid descriptions <laughs> of the art of taxidermy. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So I don't need to go to school for that. I can just read this book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> read the novel, and you're pretty much set to go. It has a weird smell when you do it, though. Is it formaldehyde? Probably. Or... I don't know what that smell is. And sawdust. Yeah. Oh yeah, sawdust. It's, but it's a weird smell. Like, uh, Dad would get some of his bird stuff than when he used to hunt, mm-hmm. and so we'd go and pick them up, and it's a weird smell. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I couldn't tell you what it was. Yeah. Just little kins. That's what. Yeah. It's well, because the skin is treated. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, dead birds everywhere. All the, All the birds. Apparently, even in my notes, I thought he was Tony Curtis because that's what I wrote yeah. down there. Because um, <laughs> you're thinking of Janet Lee, yeah. married to Tony Curtis. That's that's exactly what it was. So I can we talk about the story structure for a little bit? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, please. So completely fakakta. We follow Janet Lee, Marion, the protagonist of the movie, or is she? For a long time, like a long, like a third of this movie yeah. is half her. an hour. Half an hour. I, I stopped it once Norman showed up just to clock it, and it's half an hour. So it really literally is half of the yeah. movie. Because the movie's the about movie. an hour and a half. It's or a third, third of the movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, third yeah, of yeah, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, in my brain, I was saying a third, but that's not what my mouth was saying. <laughs> um, and and then she just dies. And it's, it's like, and I think that's an interesting moment in the movie because that one, takes away our protagonist, and two, changes the genre of the movie up to that point. Because until, Hard right turn, yeah. Yeah, like up to that point, we're watching a thriller mm-hmm. about a woman who stole some money, and is she going to get away with it, and blah, 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 blah. And now we're not watching that at all. Mm-hmm. And, and and uh, yeah, and I, felt, I thought that was really, really interesting, and it made me think of a more recent movie, Drew Barrymore and Scream. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yes, and that's obviously a reference to it, but that sequence with Drew Barrymore and Scream is like five minutes. Yeah, it is much, much shorter. Yeah. But you know, she was on all the promotions. That's that's she true. they they promoted the hell out of her being in the movie. That's you didn't true. know Nev Campbell was right. was your, your final girl. It was but you look the at the poster the and she is standing up front with Nev Campbell. You know what right. it made me think of was the Red Wedding. From uh, from Game of Thrones because spoilers. I, Go ahead. Because I just I distinctly remember <laughs> reading those books and getting to the Red Wedding and just like tossing the book down and going I don't even know what the fuck this is about anymore. <laughs> I did. I threw my book too. I was like f this. <laughs> um, so yeah, when 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 you kill the character that you think is your main character, all of a sudden. Um, it's it's a really interesting storytelling choice. Yeah, it, it, it's not even just that they kill like if you had like a trio of main characters, which ultimately this movie kind of does, and you had the trio from the beginning and you killed off one of them. That's one thing. But this movie is exclusively Janet Lee mm-hmm. up until the point she drives into the motel. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I like with this, and I don't know how much you read on your stuff previously uh, before when you were watching it, but Hitchcock. When basically had the theaters not let anybody in. That's right. Mm-hmm. Once the movie had started. Yeah. And like before the movie started, they had, you know, the music playing, and then it's like 10 minutes to psycho. You don't want to miss. Because mm-hmm. he didn't want anyone to know what happened to Janet Lee. That and the movie doesn't work if you come in half an hour. No. If you're like, oh, we're going to go catch psycho, it's already started, but it, it, we'll, we'll catch up. We'll figure it out. There's yeah. a guy, there's a girl, there's a knife. Who cares? No. 
Can't do yeah. that in this movie. Yeah. Mm-mm. But yeah, no, theaters were forbidden from letting anyone into the theater once the movie had started. Is that also because like he didn't want the experience to be interrupted for anybody? That's like... it, but also because it's such a carefully constructed story that you could lose gently out of the movie and then yeah. it becomes a whole different thing. Yeah. yeah, because once again, you're going back to the whole, she's front and center on the poster. She right. is top billing. Yeah. You know, this is... And, yeah, about four or so minutes in, mm-hmm. she's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I was I was saying earlier that if somebody were to bring this to writing group, I think we would all be like, no, you can't do this. <laughs> You've got you well, to fix this structure. This in the, in the idea of starting your story as soon as possible, this movie is not interested in that. No. And... Like, it's not the poll question that we're going to go with, but the poll question I had is, who is the protagonist of the movie? Is it Marion? Is it Norman? Is it Lila? You could say yes to any three of those and be kind, kind of sort of right if up you, until a point. If you look at only this movie... Right, yes. Then it's harder to answer that question. If you, if you realize the that there's more yeah. books, that there's more movies, yeah. and you're like, well, obviously it's Norman. Right. But just looking at this, it is a very difficult question to answer. Yeah. You know what had real emotional impact on me? Is the fact that nobody knows she was planning to go back. Nobody yeah, knows. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah no, yeah. no one figured out. He didn't realize anything about the money. Mm-mm. Yeah. She had just made the decision to go back and then got killed. Yeah. And that just, that is something that just yeah. kind of preys on me is yeah. that she actually was on her way to be redeemed and was killed before she could be. Well, she did tell Norman she was going back. She did tell Norman, but I don't think he told anybody. He but didn't no. tell her. He didn't her. get the context of it. Like, yeah. she, she had $40,000 yeah. with her or anything. He, he just knows that she she walked into her, her private trap. Yes. Yeah. Which he, and maybe in his mind, he's thinking, well, I can save you from your, by letting Mother kill you. Mm-hmm. Oh, Norman. That's a, leap, <laughs> that's a leap of logic even for Norman Bates. I'm just, <laughs> I'm that, throwing it out there. That's definitely not how it was in the book. <laughs> <laughs> Are we are we still on structure or should we move on? Does anybody have a a, a firm feeling about who the protagonist is? I, I, I feel don't. like it. I feel like it depends on yeah. which part of the movie you're watching. Like I feel like it's she was the protagonist was, at the beginning, which and is an interesting thing because the way Hitchcock did it, he had one more movie contracted with Paramount, which actually released the movie, even though all the releases now are through Universal, um, and. He wanted to do it cheaply. He used his production arm from Alfred Hitchcock Presents. This movie is made on a TV budget. It's almost like three separate TV episodes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. That so. would explain then the protagonist. So Janet right. Lee, Arbogast, yeah. and yeah. then Lila and Sam. Yeah. And Do honestly, you, it worked yeah. for me. Like the the switching of the protagonist for me. It, like it, I was it, like, you've replaced the protagonist with for me. Yeah. Equally likable protagonists. Sure. And so I was like, okay. It absolutely works, but it has no right to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't yeah. know that anyone but Hitchcock could have really pulled it off. You know? I agree. I know I couldn't. So. But, um, that, but that also goes again to the whole, just that level of power he had. Yeah. With the movie theaters. Can you imagine today a filmmaker saying, don't you dare let anyone in 
to my movie yes. before it starts. I, that, I can that... see filmmakers dictating movie theater policy. That's why we don't get to see movies on film anymore. Because George Lucas said, I want to make mine in digital. So you all have to convert to digital. Actually, there are a lot of movie, a lot of uh, companies, production companies, do have weird rules like that. Like Disney, for instance, has a whole thing about the promotional materials. A lot of movie theaters will give away their movie posters and stuff, particularly to, particularly to the employees as like um, incentives and stuff. But Disney is like, no, you can't do this with any of ours. You have to return and it. Yeah. You have to return all the promotional materials. It's so weird. Yeah, Disney's weird. Um, I can never decide if I'm on their side or not. I uh, change the subject, but one thing I noticed on this viewing because I had I had seen the movie. Several times before, so you know I know the twist. Right. Um, it still works, even when yeah. you know mother's dead and has been dead. It works, you know. You're, you're almost in it. I think it adds to Norman as the protagonist. You're almost with Norman because you know what's happening, and Norman knows what's happening mm-hmm. and beyond the money thing. Um, and so when like Vera Miles goes into the fruit cellar, you're like, ah, it's gonna happen. And the other, like the original audiences would have been like, oh, what's mother gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah, man. Yeah, my note on that the fruit cellar is that Norman mother reveal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you're right, it still works. It's, oh yeah, it, it's still. Mm-hmm. I mean. Even when you know, yeah, it works. But it works on a different level now than it might have originally. Yeah. Well, now you get to admire how well it's done. Yes. Yeah. Knowing the twist, you get to sit back and go, "Wow, yeah. that's that's some really exactly. good work right there." So did did Tony Perkins do mom voice? The mom no, voice. No, it was a different voice actress. Okay. And, yeah. I kind of wish that that wasn't. I do too. Maybe maybe he couldn't pull off a convincing woman's voice. Yeah. Or it just sells the it, it obscures the, the end game a little yeah. bit further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's why I don't like it. Like I don't I don't like it when I am present this is my Scooby Doo problem. <laughs> um, I don't like okay. being I got a lot of Scooby Doo problems, but keep going. Uh, I, I don't like being presented with a mystery that I am not allowed to solve. Yeah. But like the problem with Scooby Doo is that they give you the mystery yeah. and then you're like, Yeah, we're gonna figure this out. Wait, who the fuck is that guy? Yeah. What? We saw him for three and a half seconds at the beginning. He's not even important to the storyline. Um, and so that's my problem with Scooby Doo. And I feel like when you have a movie that has a twist like this, um, the more the more steps you take to intentionally obscure the ending, the more you are openly lying to your viewer. I agree with you. The only place I would sort of disagree with you in this context is it very well could have been his voice. There's nothing clearly delineating that it was a different voice actress and not Anthony Perkins. I agree with you that upon further viewings, it's obvious that, but in the initial viewing, it's not necessarily written in stone that, oh, that's obviously a different voice. I have. A, I think I, I, I won't argue with you too hard on that. My initial viewing of this was when I was 11. Which was um, over 20 years ago? 25 years ago? It was 25 years ago. So I have very little memory of what seeing this for the first time was like. Mm -hmm. Other than I would, after seeing this movie, I took my cats into the bathroom with me when I took a shower. (laughs) Two cats, just in case one of them was lazy. (laughs) 
and, and when I when I say the, the the original viewing, I'm talking about like the original context of the viewing. Yeah. Like people seeing it in 1960 in the theater would not necessarily after when they're driving home from the theater saying, was that his voice? It could have been his voice. I don't know. Let me check Wikipedia. Oh, Wikipedia doesn't exist yet. Yeah. <laughs> also, I don't have a cell phone. Yeah. Um, I watched this in a Starbucks. <laughs> you watch all of your art movies in a Starbucks. Not, not of all them. of them. Many of them. Many of them. Mostly because I have a really crappy internet connection at home. So oh, if I have to stream it, a lot of times I try and find some place besides home. You know you can come here, right? Like. Yeah, that just seems pro presumptuous. Hi, hi, Debbie. I'm gonna just sit in your kitchen. We'll just holler at us. She's gonna watch it too, and you can coordinate it. It's not like (laughs) we can't watch it together. Two cats. I saw you looking at me weird. Two cats. Yeah. Because what were they going to do? They were going to warn me. Okay, so Uh, not attack the guy. No, they're not attack cats. They were just the cats would have let the guy in. Come on in. Yeah, if one of the cats was like, "I don't feel like being your guard cat today," the second cat would be like, "Well, what are you doing?" (laughs) See, my dog would bark ferociously and then get in the shower with me so I could protect him. My my cat. So I could protect him. Mm -hmm. Just just in case you missed that. We'll get into the bathroom whether or not you close the door or not. And so occasionally you're taking a shower, and then this shadow appears <laughs> the, the, the shower curtain. And it takes half a second to realize that, no, it's not a human person. It is a cat that also wants to kill me. How big is your cat? I mean, the, you get the right light. Doesn't it matter. Be, it'd be a little, like, all I'm registering is, shadow! Actually, Mac has a full-size panther. Yes, he does. Well, in that case. When he says cat, he means... It's my kid. Big cat. <laughs> But it's like you got to keep that on the down um, There was a. Conver- I'm not supposed to have it. <laughs> There's a, a legal matter. Conversation that happened between Norman and his mother in the house that Marion appeared to hear perfectly clearly. Yeah, the wind was blowing just right. The the house on the hill, through I assume walls. Yeah. All yeah. the way down the hill. Some interesting acoustic. She's a Jedi. It's the worst. Some interesting okay. things going on there. <laughs> well, and I, I logic that away with the house is fairly close. The windows had to have been open, now, and I, the wind like can carry. Oh, her window was open. <laughs> have yeah. You guys, yeah. Have you guys ever seen the set the at, at mm-hmm. Universal Studios? Mm-mm. No. Yeah, the house is super super tiny. Like. The house, like the interiors of the house are different sets, mm-hmm. but when you're, the, the, the telltale outside. shot, the motel, the house, the house is nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, How did I huh, miss yeah. that at Universal Studios? Where was that at? It's on the tour. Sometimes they have different sections of the tour closed off. Oh, okay. It must have like, been. I was I, like, I completely missed I've that. never seen the clock tower, even though I've been on the Universal Studios, and it's the greatest regret of my human life. Okay, we, we yeah, we my were human screwed. Life. My next life. <laughs> yeah, no, I, heard, I heard that. Oops. I've said too much. <laughs> My cousin took the Universal tour and they were filming, I want to say Psycho 3. So she actually nice. got to meet yeah. Tony Perkins. <gasps> That's cool. Nice. Yeah. That he came down and was like, yeah, Psycho, blah, 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 blah. I'm doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> I really did not like the way that Sam was holding Lila's arm. Boy, I didn't either. Which part was this? I'm, I'm... When, when they, they were... were pretending to be husband and wife, okay, he, he yeah, had yes, her yes, arm, yes, and yes. not just like a I'm touching. Was it like? I mean, yeah, he. Yeah, like he, he had, had his hand around the back of her arm, and like I was so completely distracted by that that like I was like Norman is not terrifying me at all right now. My like, dad, I am not me like that every now and then. 
And it irritates the shit out of me. It is a control move. My dad is an old man, so it's not like I'm elbowing him in the gut or anything, but it irritates the shit out of me when he does that. I have not had anybody grab me like that in my adult life, which is probably for the best, because I'm not sure that, like, I, I wouldn't... Yeah. Like, I, I just was, like that. Yeah. It's just an offensive thing yeah. to do. I, I was always grabbed like that by my dad. It was to pick me up from somewhere and bust my ass, <laughs> and or to lead me in a certain direction that yep. I was not wanting to go. Apparently. Yep. Yep. So I completely missed this arm grab you were talking about because there is like too. a two minute section of the film where I closed my eyes and did a little. I dozed off. <laughs> I can't see now. Oh. oh, like it was just a little power nap because it was mm-hmm. just I was comfortable. There was cat snuggles. You know what's happening in the movie. I, exactly. Yeah, and fine. it was yeah. and it was one of those parts where you guys have talked about that it yeah. just it drags on too long mm-hmm. and I just I was like okay we're, we're not at the fruit cellar yet let me close my mm-hmm. eyes and Billy looks at me and goes are you falling asleep during your homework I'm like nope I'm fine I'm, I'm good <laughs> I, I will say related to that um, I noticed it especially with Lila but it was true of Marion too that there's just an assumption that the women are going to obey the men in almost every line in this film. Yeah. It just bugged me. There's a point when they're at Sam's store and he says, I'm going to go to the hotel. Uh-huh. And he tells her to stay. And she was like, well, why can't I go? And as soon as she right. said that, I was like, now, you can go. You're an adult woman. You can go wherever the hell you want. Yeah. Is Not to say that that's good. But mm-hmm. in 1960, if they had it a different way, would it have been like, that's a little... Strangely ahead of its time. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm reacting more to the time right. yeah. than I am yeah. to the to the movie. But uh, ironically enough, one person did not assume that, and it was the used car salesman when he said, "You can do anything you put your mind to. If you're a woman, you will." Uh-huh. Yep, I have that line written down. <laughs> he was actually pretty progressive, right. <laughs> but still a dick. It's still a dick. Oh, total dick. But yeah. you know what, though, he's still telling women, "You do you." Right. I don't know if he's. Saying that, he's saying, I, I, there's no way you're not going to do you, so what am I even doing awake? <laughs> women. Modern women. <laughs> Been like that through the ages. What can you do? <sighs> not going to fetch me my smokes. <laughs> um, and Sam, by the way, got knocked out really easily. He did. It was just a thump and down he goes. Yeah. But that's a movie thing. I mean, just, just one one knock to the head. I'm trying to remember which role-playing game we were playing where we decided that it was basically torturing someone to death to try to knock them out. Oh, that was ours. Was it? Our, oh, your murder hobo band? Yeah, your my murder hobo band, yeah. Donna, what was it? Donnie's, Donna's, Donna's Merry Band of Murder Hobos. That they really were. They were the worst. We were trying to knock people out, but we kept killing them accidentally? Or well, no, they wouldn't. It's just, it's just like really them. hard to knock people out in D&D. That's, that's it. It's just really no, hard to do. No, we were just really awful. <laughs> It wasn't that we were bad at D&D. We were just like, well, if we knock them out or we kill them, either way it's a win and that's good for us. Um, when uh, when Lila was going through the closet, did you see that fox stole that was in her closet? Yes. It was really, I don't know, it really struck me, partly because my grandmother had one very much like it, only slightly more worn. Um and it's just, it's a weird thing. It's, the fox stole is a weird thing. Like with the head and everything? Yeah. I totally missed it. But. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an entire fox. Yeah, just wrapped around And they've, the... they've taken the bones out of it, mm-hmm. but there's still like eye holes and a nose. And then they clamp the mouth over the tail. And that's your fox stole. Right. Yeah. 
Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because this kind of also, in the remake with Norman's creepiness, when Lila's going through the house, doesn't she find something in Norm? what would be Norman's bedroom? The, like, a... Who, who plays Lila in the remake? Oh, uh... Oh my gosh, I can't think of her name. Julianne Moore. Yes, thank you. Um, but doesn't she find like, like basically a, Vic, a Victoria's Secrets catalog kind of like torn out or something? Some, there's something. some added shot in there yeah. where it was like, this is all you, this is all you extra had to say. Really? Fan yeah. Fan. yeah. <laughs> it was something because I, I was expecting that. I was waiting on that. I'm like, no, that's the remake. Like, because yeah. like she's gonna find something else. It's gonna be you know, don't dream it, be it kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> You haven't seen that movie. Which movie? Rocky Horror. Oh. That is part of the the, the lore <coughs> of Richard O'Brien. Don't dream it, be it. Um. So then, um, Sam wrestles the knife away from Norman. Well, Norma at that point, but Norma. Yeah. Also, fucked up. Norman, name naming your son Norman, but. Keep going. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, now, wait a second. Yes. The initial reaction to a Norma naming her son Norman is, that's fucked up. But I want to take a moment to remind you that my cousin is 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 the fourth. <laughs> that, 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 I have no reaction, and maybe that's weird, but... It's weird. Norma like, like, to Norman... No, okay, here's yeah. the thing. I also have no reaction to that, and I also thought it's weird to name your kid Norman, and then I was like, this is a fucked up thing in my head. Why do I think this is weird and I just see people with family names all the time and I'm like, that's fine. I have a cousin whose name is Gary and he named his son Garrison. (laughs) I'm almost there on that. Yeah. It's not, you know, oh, mother. (laughs) What have you done? (laughs) But no, I'm I'm with you, but then I also feel like that's a weird thing to object to. Yeah. 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 Maybe it's because in this context you know that there's some fucked upness there's going yeah, between the mother and the son. And then we get to the psychologist's monologue. It uh, is so fucking long, yeah. Jesus Christ! Just a monologue. That's just exposition. That's just like okay, in case you yeah. for that. And right know, at the end too. Yeah. Like we're with you on this story. I don't need any more information. Yeah, I, I know exactly what I need to know. Yeah. Like I was sitting there, and at some point I got really sleepy, and I was just like. I just want to go to bed. Jesus Christ, stop talking so I can go to we bed. Get it. It's a fucked up situation. We understand. But again, in the context of the movie, the mother reveal just happened. And if you didn't see that coming, you yeah. need a minute for some dude just to talk and okay. let yourself lower your blood I'm pressure. Decompress. But he yeah. kept using the phrase, the mother half. And the mother half just... I did appreciate that he specifically said that Norman was not a transvestite. Right. Yeah. He still used some weird language, but but yeah. yeah. He it's, did. it's 1960. They're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's 2018. They're still working right. on it. So, but yeah. then Lila asks specifically, so he killed my sister, and he turns to her she and says... She has twice. And says that, yes, he killed the girl. The girl. He was like the worst psycho. Well, yeah. I don't know. It was 1960. We just got done lobotomizing people, so whatever. Um, but like, like, just he just came from a lobotomy. Yeah, like he, he was. I just scrubbed scrub on her. The bedside manner was not good. She had to ask him twice, and then he's all like, 
I will tell you, but first, let me get my dramatic story. Yes, I got the whole story, but not from Norman. And I'm like, fuck your dramatic pauses. She needs to know if her sister is dead. Yes, but is my family dead? Oh, yes, yes, it is. She's totally dead. Next question. <laughs> Gentlemen oh, totally in the back. Gone. Totally gone, so yeah, gone. Yeah. Um, and then that, that last shot, that last shot. Mm-hmm. I love that last shot so much, just that change. Like anytime I can see some kind of subtle change, just uh-huh. reacting to the voiceover, like, yeah. oh man. That creepy little smile. And mm-hmm. then there's just a brief flash of a skull superimposed mm-hmm. over the creepy smile. Mm-hmm. Which is oh, fantastic. Of mother's skull. Yeah, yeah. Just really fantastic. And, and I mean... And them dredging up the car. And then, yeah. then in the car. That's going to be pretty gruesome. And, uh, That's going to be gruesome. I mean, Hitchcock, like we said, problematic, but God, he could make he, movies. Yeah, he got skills. He may not have... He doesn't have people skills. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let, let's, it's people skills that, that yeah. Hitch has got to work on. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if the money is any good after it's set in a swamp for several days. Probably not. Oh, but you could take it to a bank, couldn't you? You can take destroyed money to a bank. Possibly. So, Drunky got his money back. Minus seven hundred dollars. <coughs> well, you sell the car for scrap. You'll recoup some of that. Yeah. He's maybe out. He's at a few hundred. Yeah. Yeah, easily. So not too bad. So he did okay. Everybody, relax. Drunky got his money back. <laughs> That was the alternate title of the movie, Drunky, How Drunky Got His Money Back. I have a question for you guys, opinion-wise, I guess. Um, you know, they use the shadowy figure thing to do the narrative of Norman's mother. Like, and even when he's killing the lady in the shower, you never actually see mm-hmm. face. It's just a right. shadow. And so, like, back in the day, the audience, not knowing what was happening, would have, you know, presumed that you know, this other narrative that his mother is alive and running around crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, right up until the guy says his mother's been dead. For right. Blah, blah, blah. And even yeah. then, that adds a certain amount of uncertainty. Like, is the mother dead? Yeah. Is somebody else in her grave? Because that's kind of what yeah. I, yeah. I was like, well, maybe people thought... Adds a couple had... of wild cards in there. Yeah. yeah. And, but my question now is like, in today's world, if a movie uses like the shadowy figure motif, is that a dead giveaway that there's going to be a twist, and does that ruin the movie for you? Let's no. refer to Happy sighed. Death Day. <laughs> because we have the shadowy figure who we never really see, who I am convinced was was not a woman. Um, and, oh, that's right, yeah. And, and we all, like... I don't think any of us were particularly satisfied mm-hmm. by the outing of the roommate. Right. Spoiler, I hadn't seen it. No, go ahead. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that there are a lot of things that you can't really do anymore. Like, you can't do The Sixth Sense again. You can't do Psycho again. You can't... Like, the problem with these really, like, mind-blowing twists is that once they've been done... Anytime they start playing games with trying to hide someone's gender, mm-hmm. anytime you start seeing the shadowy figure, um, 
you start playing pronoun games, which I guess is the same thing as trying to hide the gender. I I know something is coming. Yeah, I, my I mind goes goes and starts asking questions that it wouldn't have asked otherwise. Yeah, I think it's much harder to do in color. I think black and white can still oh, yeah. maybe do it because the shadowy figure could be just a shadowy mm-hmm. figure based on the lighting. Um, I had not considered that. That's a good point. Yeah, and I think. Ultimately, Psycho has a very simple plot, and you can't get away with a twist like that on, a, on an as simple of a plot now. You'd have to have a lot of red herrings. You'd have to have a lot of possibilities. See sense. You'd have to <laughs> yeah. introduce a lot of confusion in there to keep the mystery going. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, you would see the shadowy figure, and you know something's up there, but you don't have an answer for it. Whereas now, if you made a shot-for-shot remake of Psycho, perhaps, <laughs> you'd get there and be like, I know who is it. It's somebody. Yeah. I mean, just look at all the things that do have twist endings. Like, they're, they're not classics the way that Psycho is. You've got Split and Identity and um, other things. And the only one that's gotten even close to that is The Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. What's Split's twist ending? Multiple personalities? I haven't actually seen it. Okay, because yeah, the twist ending is that it's actually a sequel to Unbreakable. Is it really? Yes. Oh, did you not know that? God damn it! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it cuts away, and they, they're talking up this, this now this super villain-esque character, and it cuts away to Bruce Willis in a diner. And, yeah. And it, Spoiler warning. Yeah. yeah. Better make another and note about it. And costume from Unbreakable, and he, and he walks away. And now they're making the Unbreakable sequel and the split sequel at the same time. Called That's Glass. Amazing. Where it's Bruce Willis versus uh, Young Glass. Xavier Glass. Yeah. Yeah. and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, okay, here's the thing. Yeah. You're like, spoiler warning, but I'm like, dude, if anybody had said that to me, yeah. I'd have watched this movie immediately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, see, and that's the thing. They hid that so well. And I mean... I was intrigued by Split when it came out. You know, just, I was like, okay. And it was a Monday night, and Billy, does, Billy and I were like, well, we'll go see Split. You know, we like McAvoy. We like uh, the main chick that was in The Witch. Like her, so we'll go see it. And then when that final scene happens, we are like, just, are you kidding me? Like, we just, we lost our ever I had lost faith in an Unbreakable sequel like 10 years yeah. ago. And I was like, there's hope. Dude, there's I would have gone to see that. Yeah. It's like, pretty good. Like, if I had known that, I'd have been right fucking there. Yeah. They, they get the split personality thing pretty much in the first reel. Like, they okay, stab. Yeah. And then there's not really a, a big revelation until you realize it's this shared universe now. Yeah. That's always what they have to do anymore to really get away with a good twist is make Bury you, deep, make you deep, believe deep. there's a twist yeah. here and then reveal it early. And then and then you think you've got it figured out and you quit looking for it. For me, when it comes to to answer Debbie's question here, because we went off on our split tangent here, it really depends on the movie. Like, uh, as, as you know, I will turn my brain off. If you're, you know, I'll be like, I don't mm-hmm. want to look for it. I don't want to find right. other, I don't want to pick it apart. Like, I, I can do it and I'll find your story beats yeah. and then I'll be annoyed. Right. So I purposely try to turn my brain off. Same thing like going to a haunted house. I turn my brain off. Like, I just want to be in the moment. Yeah. And so if, with a twist, if it's done somewhat well, it'll it'll catch me. We'll be like, okay. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the Sixth Sense is a perfect example because I figured it out like half a second before the reveal. And I mean, and I looked at Billy. I'm like, he's fucking dead. And Billy's like, shh. And then, and then you know, and then it happens. The whole theater turns and looks at him. Yeah. he's not welcome back at the AMC since 1998. Oh no, it, it would be Talco. <laughs> okay. I figured it out when the ring hit the floor. When the ring hit the floor, I yeah. went. Yeah. yeah, and um, so I will I will turn my brain off. Now, with Psycho, we've been talking about just how 
ingrained it is in pop culture. Yeah. We're all fairly young here. We, it was yeah. ingrained by the time yeah. we would have seen the movie. Yeah. No, let me, this, this is what's funny with Psycho. I had not seen the original Psycho until about a couple of years ago. Did I, you see the remake? I saw the remake first, but I knew the twist. The I knew the... No, no, no. I knew yeah. the twist. So yeah. my whole thing was... It's all I know, good. There, I know who, who Mother is. I know what it is. So why do I need to watch it? I know it. And then it's like, oh, I'll go see this. And then because of that, a few years later, I'm like, all right, I'll watch the original. So it's just... That just shows you that level that it's mm-hmm. so entrenched in, mm-hmm. you know... We should we should look at wrapping up. Okay. I have one other thought for you. <coughs> there are a few names more satisfying to say than Arbogast. Just to say that it's got a lot of fun syllables in uh, it, and, I, it, and I, all I, the other characters. Like when John Gavin's looking for him, Arbogast, yeah, Arbogast. Like he's having fun, and then the sheriff's like, uh, his name is uh, Arbogast. <laughs> I'm like, there's so many fun ways to say. It. I'm not even just Arbogast. I just. I want to make it an expletive. Like, Radagast. Radagast. I, mean, I, I kind of, as I was reading the book, every time his name came up, I, I, I might have whispered, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a satisfying grouping of letters. <laughs> people are It's going to be like your last words and people will be like, what? Oh, <laughs> it was the sled. Why didn't you name a Damn sled Arbogast? <laughs> Donna's note section. If, is, if, if they came to the show because of me and all, they're aware of Citizen Kane by now. <laughs> all right, uh, Kinsey, what have we? Well, uh, you guys were going to throw down on our quotes. We were. Okay. We and were. So, uh, um, Matt, what was your inferior choice for? A quote? <laughs> uh, my Shots super fire. sexy choice for the quote was when early, early on when uh, Janet Lee. Uh, tells John Gavin, "I'll lick the stamps." You like you lick those stamps. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> it, I've got some mail she can help me with. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we've lost Kenzie. Postage uh, right, paid. Okay. <laughs> we, you guys lost me when Mag brought up Michael Keaton. Let's just let's yeah. be honest here, all right? Would he have been great? Mag, you cannot. Okay. You, you got to bring yeah. it. You got to reel it back in, buddy, because <laughs> my brain is gone. Right. I want. I'm, I'm playing that movie in my head. Oh, I'm playing that movie in my head too. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of our goals for the for each episode, I think, should be to break Kinsey. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. We'll make that one of our uh, mission statements. Okay. My my choice for quote was: "We're all in our private traps, and none of us can get out." Mm. I like my wicked sounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys! Bite me! <laughs> you opened with inferior choice. <laughs> this is fair play. I mean, that line could be from any movie. Not, no, no, we couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Janet Lee would have to be in that movie. I mean, Batman, I'll lick the stamps. I mean, I can, it can be But that's there. not sexy. Dude, you're, like, not seriously. Seriously. You're, not, you're not hearing it right in your head, Mac. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, believe me, Michael Keaton's A-OK. <laughs> you're, you're not hearing it. I'm hearing it okay, right no, in my no, brain. No, 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 but listen, in what context would Batman say that to anybody? He's not going to help anybody licking no, his stamps. He's gonna, he's he'd be gonna, like, he'd no. be like, Lick my stamps, Catwoman. No, yeah, Catwoman would say, I'll lick the stamps. Yeah, and I'd, I'd be all down. Any, yeah. Here's my point. Like, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer or... But they didn't. It's in this movie. <laughs> Nobody else said it. Now, I'm, I think Anne Heche may have said it, and it was not a good. I guarantee you. I'm going to go with, yeah. Yeah, so... Adrian and I are in agreement. That's probably enough to really no, settle the issue. No, it's it's the traps. It's, I mean, it's a it's a it's a statement about life. We're all in our private traps, and none of us can get as out. As fantastic as that reading is, 
and not just hearing it as Michael Keaton saying I'm Batman in my voice in my brain here. Um, I, warehouse already, isn't it? It's oh, it's there, babe. Um, I'm leaning with I'm I'm leaning towards Donna because it's okay. So tiebreaker. Uh, I gotta go with the traps as well, but I think uh-huh. I like the yes. traps should have very it's honorable a, mention. It's a yeah. weird world when Adrian's Adrian and I against the world. Very weird. Yeah. All right. Was... We will put it on there. Okay. Yeah. We it definitely needs to be because I mean I do agree with the agreement that and I mean it is it is that, that's a nothing line. It is brought to wondrous life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, yeah. All right. We we will we will give it with with a star. Yeah. It it definitely needs a you know an, a definitely a super super honorable mention of the okay. importance of it. All right, so Mac, you had a rule. Uh, it's always the nice guys that'll stab you in the shower. Damn right. Yeah. Come on, Adrian, do it. Hashtag. Hashtag. Trade. Nice guys. Trademark. Mark, yeah. <laughs> I was just waiting. Like, come on, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. They remade Psycho now. Norman would be posting on some internet. Oh stuff. Yeah. yeah. If they remade Psycho now, he would be like some MRA. Yeah. He's totally an incel. Um. Yeah. Red uh, pillar. Yeah. He would. I, the more, more and more, I just really want a now remake of Psycho. Like, but it's go, kind of gets there, yeah. But kind of, Not but like, I want to go all in. I want to yeah. see Norman. Like, I want to see Norman's Reddit account. <laughs> <laughs> Question: Who would y'all want to do a remake of Psycho, modern wise? Do you mean actors or do you mean directors? Because I did my 80s. You said directors or actors? Yeah. 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 Um, Weirdly, the first thing that popped into my head was Joss Whedon, but I don't think Mm. he'd. I don't think he'd get the the serious atmosphere that we need. De Palma, I think, could do it. Okay, wait, guys, hear me out. Hear me out, okay? Patty Jenkins. Interesting. Because there's so much weird ass misogyny right. in the original. Let's see. Handled by somebody who's not a misogynist themselves yes. would have been interesting, yes. Yes. So, like, I want to see somebody who's not a misogynist deal with all of that shit it, that Mary is going through at the beginning. Make it highlight the misogyny instead of embrace it. Yes. I'm on board. I can't talk that because mine was Fincher, and that's mainly just because of the, a lot of the seven angle and hitting yeah. that. Not hitting, I can't talk, Patty Jenkins. So I have no thoughts because I'm not really well versed in directors, but I wanted to hear it from people who do know directors. Okay, so. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. I think De Palma could have done it. But I mean, De Palma yeah. essentially was doing it. Was yeah, it Michael yeah. Bay. Norman Bates is played by Optimus Prime. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. Okay, okay. A- Mark Wahlberg is Norman Bates. <laughs> oh God. JJ Abrams so in the whole movie me. is just an hour and a half of lens yes, flare. Yes. <laughs> well, you gotta do. You gotta obstruct how Mother looks. So exactly. Why lens, not lens flare? Why not lens flare? Say hi to your mom for me. <laughs> it's already there. Done. Mark Wahlberg <laughs> is Norman Bates. Awesome. Oh my gosh. I think that you could also cast somebody that looks more like Norman Bates did in the book. Yeah. Like, That'd be I, an interesting My first thought, I don't know his name, but the kid that was in season six of Glee, um, he played 
I don't even remember the, the character's name. He was the overweight kid who listened to headphones a lot. He had really big headphones, really amazing oh. singing voice, and he was absolutely adorable and so sweet. And I, I didn't think watch Glee. I can't remember. I know who you're talking about, and I can't remember his name, character name. I can't remember, but I can see him. Yeah. Yeah. He was so sweet. Yeah. And I think that he could pull it off because he has the a lot of the same physical description of Norman in the book, but he's also very charming. See, and I think that's, you need that. Yeah. And that was the problem with Vince Vaughn. You need that unassuming, awkward, charming nature. You need... An innocence. An innocence. Yeah. Yeah. Vince Vaughn does not have... No. Vince Vaughn has like, I am sexy. Vince... And we will do bad things in my bedroom. And you're like, yep. We are going to destroy (laughs) that hotel room number one. And the bathroom, that's happening. Yeah. That's Vince Vaughn. I do not condone the statement Vince Vaughn is sexy. Just for the <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, like he's cool. Have, he's, have you seen Pacific yeah. Heights? Yes, I have. There, there we go. Okay, because <laughs> I was thinking Norman Bates and Michael Keaton, I was like, we are that. going so yeah. long. I know. I'm yeah. sorry, Mac derailed me. <laughs> also, the kid, the kid from Glee, he has like he has a whole storyline in Glee about like this self-hatred for the way that he looks and the way that he is. And I feel like that could transfer very well to a character like Norman Bates. I clearly mm-hmm. was wa- hate watching season six of Glee because I don't remember that at all, and I feel there like was... I should have. I was hate watching it too, and he was like my bright shining star. Same here, hate watching. Mm-hmm. Supergirl was my bright shining star in that final season because <gasps> I forgot. I always forget she was in it. Any other thoughts about Psycho? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> oh, okay. So now to our poll question. So our poll question is. Would you have eaten dinner with Norman? Would you have accepted his invitation? I don't like people that I don't know. Uh, so, no. No. If he had been... If, if any hotel person had been that friendly with me and like, Hey, do you want to have dinner? I'd have been like, I will starve to death. Thank you much. <laughs> in the back room in my house? Yeah, no. Fuck, fuck, no. There aren't enough <laughs> letters in the word no. So much no. Secondary location. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of... I mean... A couple of different ways to answer, and like even in the context of the movie in the '60s, like, oh yeah, Fairville's just ten miles down the road. I'm like, oh, never mind. I don't need a hotel room. Peace. Fifteen. <laughs> it was fifteen, but still, 15. I'm like, dude, I yeah, that's fine. You can make it. Um, I'm the guy that, on on trips that like for work. Everybody's like, oh, we're gonna go eat afterwards. I'm like, no, I'm gonna go to the hotel room. Bye. So no, I would not have. He I, doesn't uh, even like to eat with people he knows. That's true. I, I, I'm going to say that... If you've seen me eat a buffalo wing, you would not want me to eat with people I know either. So that's a... Go ahead. I'm going to say that 95% of the time, fuck no. Because, let me just tell you, I, I, I had to take a quick trip out of town, and the hours I spent by myself in a hotel room... Thursday were some of the best hours I've had in a long time. Amazing times. Yeah. So, um... I was cool with that, but on very rarely someone will catch me in the right. I had the most amazing encounter with this young man in the Dallas airport. I stopped at a Friday's in the Dallas airport to get something to eat, and this young man was sitting at the next table, and he said, "Why don't you join me? We're both sitting here alone. We're both." And that's how Donna me? died. Donna's a ghost now. <laughs> the whole time, and the ghost. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why on that day I said, of course, he was really cute, but that, that but I said, <laughs> so yeah, So now we sure. do know why. <laughs> so I sat down with him and he was a, um, 
serviceman who was just back from Afghanistan. I mean, just back from Afghanistan. And he just talked and talked and talked and talked. And he talked about his best friend dying. He talked about getting shot. He talked about going on patrol. And for some reason, he called his mother while he was on patrol, which I'm pretty sure is not okay. But that wasn't part of that conversation. And they got ambushed. And he dropped his phone. And it got broken while he was on the phone with his mother. And it took him three days to be able to call her back and say, I'm not dead. And I mean, it was mom. Oh my God. Yeah. And it was just some of the most moving. I mean, he he cried. He cried multiple times and uh, it was just some of the most. All of a sudden TJ Fridays. (laughs) Yes. In an, Wow. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. was. Uh, it was something. And you got a whole little one act play going on over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, another friend of mine who is a service, who is who is a, also a service man, was like, "No, you you really helped him out because he was able to get that out yeah. on you and not on his mother and his girlfriend." Mm-hmm. And uh, and I mean, it was it was a meaningful experience, and it's something I'm glad I did. Um, but on any other day, I would have been like, "No, man, I'm fine over here." I think in a public place in, during the day in the light and everything, I'm fine with it. You mm-hmm. know, airports are fairly secure. That's yeah. true. Yeah, I think you were. That's true. It's not the same yeah. as the Bates Motel. Right. <laughs> I will talk to strangers in lines, like at Starbucks or a food sure. place, all the time. I talk to people at work constantly. Um, but if somebody was like, "Come up to my house," I'd be like, mm. "Hmm." I watch a lot of horror movies, and this is how they all start. <laughs> yep. Run into a rainbow shimmer? Yes. Go with a stranger to their house? No. And you, my Debbie? It's hard to say. Um, like, if I was putting myself in Marion's shoes at the time, like you mentioned earlier, he presented as benign. Uh-huh. And also the fact that she she offered for him to come to her hotel room first to eat. And he then he kind of acted like he was uncomfortable with that. Right. And I took it to be... Too you know, intimate. Yes. Yeah. And so he was like... Uh, how about we do it in this neutral place? And so, you know... It doesn't have a bed in it. Exactly. And so, I don't know. I would say today, no. Her location is 15 miles. (laughs) She's at the the finish line. Yeah, and that's something that does... It does not make sense. Because at that point, the rain had stopped. She's only 15 miles away. There was zero reason for her to stay there. Why did she stay? Yeah. I'm very confused by that too. Like, oh wait, I know what it is. Because she was actually, she had decided at that point to turn around and go back. But she hadn't. She hadn't decided until she talked to Norman. Yeah, yeah. until they they had their conversation. That's yeah. when she decided. No, I'm gonna. Because at the moment that she realized Fairvale's, she had just known Norman for about twenty seconds. Okay, so he had already convinced her to stay the night, and she was planning to go to Fairvale, and it wasn't in until the morning. Like... And then yeah. Okay. Okay. But see, I'm just like fifteen miles, like. Miles didn't get inflated. Right. So why did she not just be like, yeah, oh, my bad, I'm just going to go. hey, can I call my boyfriend and tell, like, yeah. oh, I'm really tired, I'm pretty close, I'm just going to stay the night at this place. It's the Bates Motel, uh, just goes, off of the old highway. That goes back to one of our rules, make, always make sure somebody knows where you are. Absolutely. So... As you guys know, your friend Kenzie likes to talk, and she has no. never. And she has the ne- devil you say. I know. <laughs> and she has never met a stranger, and especially if the stranger is nice, I probably would have had dinner with Norman. I'd have like, sandwiches. He did have sandwiches, and I would have said sandwiches like, "Yes, I will have a sandwich with you." <laughs> and so I would probably be in, you know, the grave, the grave right yeah. now, because I would have, swamp. you know, 
his his mother would and be talking he, about me. So he, she, he'd have to have a bigger knife. <laughs> For the podcast audience. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh Adrian, I love you so much. You're awesome. <laughs> Please become the, Patreon and watch our videos. Yes. <laughs> for, the, for the podcast audience, there Ken, was some Ken grabbing there. Some, as, as, up, up as, as Carrie White's mother would say, I have very large, dirty pillows, so <laughs> we will just leave it at that. I, I like it. Ample bosom. That is a good one. That is ample very nice. That's, that's, that's classic. Yeah, Triple ample bosom. But I, I'm, I'm on board with the dirty pillows. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why my brain immediately <laughs> went to like... Kinsey's boobs. Nope, that's not how long the blade was. <laughs> that blade right. was too short to get to Kinsey's boobs. Kinsey would survive. <laughs> I'd have been like, ow. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it, Norman. <laughs> Wait, Norman? This is, some, this is kind of freaky, man. Yeah. I, ain't into the, I ain't into that, Norman. Yeah. Norman, buddy. Wait, I had a sandwich with you. That is not an invitation to whatever this is. <laughs> I mean, this is a lot to unpack. I mean, a lot. <laughs> But you need to talk about that with somebody. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm not sorry. No, you're not. It's fine. <laughs> not even a little bit. If that gets us more people watching our Patreon <laughs> and becoming patrons, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Anything else before we wrap up Psycho? She has good cleavage. I mean, that's, that's what we're saying. It's true. Be a patron. You can see it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like all of our that's videos like are going forward. Just we'll and dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Take old bitties. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. Anything else on Psycho from anybody? Go good ahead. film. Yeah. Yeah. Really well made. Stands for, up. For almost no money. It's it, it's a B movie, but a legitimate well, genius making it. That, and I think that's it right there, yeah. is that the material is, is, is weak sauce, if you think about right. it. Like, the script's not... Not I mean, that. like we talked about with the lick the stamps line. Right. But you have someone of that caliber behind the camera and you're putting money into talent as well. I mean, it's, his last movie was North by Northwest, this huge budget sprawling adventure story that he does, does that perfectly and then he goes really claustrophobic and slow budget and still knocks it out of the park. Yeah. I've been debating for a little while whether or not to say this, but I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there real quick just because... I don't know. I feel I feel strange about lauding Alfred Hitchcock as much as we are because he was kind of a giant D-bag. And but if we're grading on a curve, <laughs> he was sort of a, he was a low-level D-bag in the grand scheme of things. True, true. Yes. But like what he did with this movie and other movies is undeniably good. But yeah. that does not mean that other people could not have been as good or better were they in his position, particularly people that he may have turned off. Let's look at Janet Lee. She is a really amazing, amazing actress. Tippi Hendren was really good, and she kind of didn't do a whole lot after The Birds, did she? I don't know. No, not a lot. I mean, she I mean, had Melanie Griffith. Yeah, yeah, well, that, yeah. yeah. But, um... You know, that's, that's just a timeline thing. That's not a saying, you know. Um, there, you know, there's there are probably a lot of people that Alfred Hitchcock chased out of the industry that could have been very good, and I just want to say that. That's fair. No, that is yeah, so, that's, that, and it's a that is a particularly in today's climate. I'm just saying he was really good at what he did. He was still a fucking not, like right. asshole. Yeah. To be fair, in this context, I agree with you. Tippi Hedren, Grace Kelly, lots yeah. of lots of shady, shady shit. But uh, to the end of her life, Janet Lee saying was said Hitchcock was a perfect gentleman and you know a little distant and aloof, but that was about it. Okay, well, good, good on that one. Yeah, we'll give this movie a pass. Right. 
But uh, we can't say for the birds and you know the other ones. Right. But with this particular one, I mean, if if Janet Lee is saying no, yeah, then I I, I trust her. I'll I'll trust. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am not disagreeing at all right. with right. with. I just wanted to throw it out there, especially in today's climate. Yeah, and it's not like she was diplomatic about all directors she worked with. She had lots to say about Orson Welles. So. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We do appreciate it. You can find us on social media at uh, on Twitter at Beyond Cabin. Uh, our Instagram is Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. Our Facebook page Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. We also have a web page. Same thing, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods uh, As we talked about earlier, we do have a Patreon. So please, you know, support us. We 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 need it and we appreciate it. Um, which is our Patreon is Beyond the Cabin. Uh, we do have a couple sister and brother podcasts. We have Collective Snark. We have Once More with Feeling, the 20th anniversary Buffy fan cast. And then our brother podcast is The Family Business, which is a rewatch of Supernatural. And we are part of the Gumby Cat Network. So thank you, everybody. Don't read the Latin. What are you doing, Mac? N- nothing, Mother. We're, we're podcasting. I know what podcasting is. You're sitting with those women talking about horror. I'll show them horror. Mother, no! No! Do you know what horror is? Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow.